It is Thursday, the sixth day of dry January. That's right. Your fat, slovenly, occasionally drunken host has stepped on the on the wagon, off the wagon. I've never known which one it actually is. Hold on a second. It's on the wagon. That's that's cleared up. Sorry about that. Uh, I've decided that I'm going to try to uh, challenge myself a bit in 2022 in different ways, and I'm starting with with this. Uh, This, uh, you you know, it's an an experiment in in health, I suppose. I don't know. I uh, went to the Pats on Sunday, didn't have a drop. So, uh, good first step, I think, right? Mainly because I got shit-faced um, New Year's Eve. Felt like shit on Saturday. So, Sunday rolls around, like, yeah, you know what? I don't, I don't think I'm going to do it. And it just, you know, from there, it kind of snowballed into, okay, I'm going to try to take the month off. We'll see what happens. Who knows? Um, I'm not 100% confident. I'm probably, like... confident. And I'm sure it'll become a bit more difficult and people will be a bit more assholey about the whole thing, but I can't change that. So it is what it is. And maybe assholey is not the right word. It's not very kind, but, um, you know, you, you, you change things and people start to to question why you're doing it. it. Happens all the time. Instead of just, you know, saying, oh, okay. And moving on, it becomes a thing. Uh, but anyways, a, a, another week and another slew of people dying, as is usually the case. But when somebody like Betty White dies, it's a bit sad. Uh, she is the, or was, sorry, <laughs> the sort of celebrity that almost everyone likes. and That everyone could imagine uh, being friendly with. And everything that I've read about her um, since her rather timely passing. She was 99, folks. I mean, come on. Uh, Paints a glowing portrait of a truly nice person who happened to be uh, fucking hilarious to boot. So what a a dynamite legacy to to leave behind. Nice, not just nice, but like incredibly nice, kind, and hilarious. You can't beat that. That's a good... If there's a couple things that you're going to sort of hang your hat on at the end of the day, those two things are probably pretty good to hang your hat on, right? Can't beat it. She also loved animals, which makes her even nicer. So look, be a peach, donate to your your, uh, local shelter in her name when her 100th birthday rolls around, which I'm pretty sure was the 17th. It's what she would have wanted, you know, right? That's all right here, right now, on Complaints and Observations. Still, the most less-than-average podcast on the internet. With a host who's the smartest person in the room. 
the only one there. A continuing odyssey into mediocrity. Guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations. With Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the program. I uh, hope you're doing well. Hope you had a wonderful uh, week. Hope you had a wonderful uh, New Year's celebration as the calendar turns and, you know, time proceeds as it usually does. But um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you had fun. Hope there were some, some people there that you spent some time with and enjoyed. Or... Perhaps you stayed home and watched the Three Stooges Marathon on WSBK TV 38. I really should have fucking recorded that, and I didn't. And I feel stupid for not having done that. Because uh, it is something that I typically look forward to and then forget. Because I'm a moron. So, yeah. Um, the last two episodes I've done, I thought were very good, as very good as a dumbass behind a microphone, you know, talking about nothing can be. They were the kind of episodes that I asked, um, on the uh, social media channels to uh, tell your friends about, because I was reasonably proud of them. Bad news, this is not going to be one of those episodes. I am all over the fucking map with, you know, what I wanted to talk about. My my notes today, I mean, there's garbage on here. It's just, it's, it's just a bunch of shit. These are the episodes that I don't care for when I, I don't have a, a map, if you will, you know? Um... The good news is we do have some content in in that I have a handful of voicemails that came in um, over the weekend, so I'm looking forward to sharing those with you, some friends of the show, making uh, debuts, triumphant returns, and then, you know, other kinds of returns, I guess. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But um, I wanted to start with something that I read about as is usually the case that you, you know, you read something and you know about it. What am I talking? See, what am I doing? Something I read about. Yeah, no shit, Dave. Most, most people learn things by reading them. Although these days, who knows? Get off my lawn. Um, but basically, sit in, sit in. Jesus Christ, see what I mean? Oh, we're off to a fucking banging start, eh? Strap in, and well, sit in and strap in, I guess. Uh, a lot to talk about, and none of it contains literally any substance, as is usually the case. So first things first. Uh, can I bring up this broad in Connecticut? And, and can I say broad? I think that's a hilarious word. I think of it as a derogatory word 
for a woman who I feel is dumb. Same as I would call a dumb guy a douche. Like, am I off there? I don't know. Anyways, this chick was making far too much money farting into jars. And, and you know, farting in a jar and selling it to, I would assume, a bunch of douchebags. Brilliant. And I, you know, I, I said that that broad would be a word for a dumb woman. But in this, I don't know, see what I mean? I'm, I'm all fucking discombobulated here. She's not dumb. I don't know what I, you know, I don't know what it is. She's not dumb. It, honestly, it's fucking genius. She's an attractive young woman, right? And she's she decided she's gonna fart in the jars. I didn't really dig too deep into this thing because, um, you know, I I wasn't that curious as to how she learned that farting into a jar would make her some money. If I had to guess, she had like a an OnlyFans account, and somebody asked, "Hey, could you fart in a jar?" And then that set off a fucking avalanche of jar fart requests. And look, if there's a market, exploit the fuck out of it. And that's what she did. But the young lass learned that in the fart game, there are consequences. Uh, At the height of her flatulence operation, she was laying vapors in about 50 jars a week. Think of all the fucking farts. Now, I think I've mentioned recently no i don't know if i have maybe just talk with my wife i've been gassy as fuck for like the last two months and i don't know what the deal is so trying to reel that in it's probably from all the fucking booze not really i don't drink that much but whatever so this broad is is purposely you know having gas issues but to keep up she needed some fuel so she consumed one particular day, three protein shakes and a huge bowl of black bean soup. Now, I don't know what constitutes a huge bowl. I don't know if we're talking a quart of black bean soup. Where did that black bean soup come from? If she's buying it from fucking Panera, she did not need the three protein shakes because Panera is disgusting. The black bean soup is tolerable. Uh, but it is salty as all hell. Anyways, three protein shakes, a huge bowl of black bean soup. You'd assume she'd be in for a full day of barking spiders. Nope. Uh, This genius thought she was having a stroke and then went to the hospital. And of course, the doctor's like, well, you have gas. Yeah, no shit. Imagine that conversation. This young lady... Sitting, sitting in a, in the ER, and the doctor, uh, you know, he's got his got his little chart. He said, "Okay, let's see here. Um, it says here that you uh, you have trouble breathing, some uh, tightness in your chest and in your stomach, and you thought you were having a stroke. Is that correct? Uh, correct? Is that correct, ma'am? Why, yes, it is." It also says here that you ate a huge bowl of black bean soup and had three protein shakes. Is that correct? And then she would probably have to explain to this doctor why she did that. Think of the 
think of the reaction the doctor must have had when he heard this girl say, I fart in jars and sell it. What's what kind of reaction could you have other than I mean, congratulations? I don't know. A master flautist like herself likely felt no shame in admitting such things, right? Yet the doctor had to have been taken aback because he probably said, all right, you are an attractive woman. And I guess, eh, I don't know. Could the doctor have said, I guess I could see that? <laughs> I can't knock her for trying something different. And from what I've read, it's uh, she was making about a grand for every fucking jar. 1,000 actual United States dollars. 1,000 for farting in a fucking jar. If she was smart, right, she would have had a, a bunch of people farting in jars, passing it off as hers, and not having uh, to, to consume three protein shakes and a giant bowl of black bean soup. Get a, get a bunch of people together, you know? Get, get a bunch of dudes. Get a bunch of dudes to fart in jars. And let's say you give them, you know, you don't have to tell them how much you're making. Although, you know, my, my assumption is they'd find out. You'd have to have somebody in on the gig. Let's say you have four people and you just split it four ways. There you go. 250 bucks. You could crank out 200 jars a week. And my my guess is that the guys that are buying this thing are, are too fucking stupid to figure out uh, or, or would be too fucking stupid to figure out that it wasn't her flatulence in the in the jar, right? What a fucking operation. Jesus Christ. The more I think about this, the more I'm I, I'm not at all interested, but the, the, the physical operation behind this is like, <laughs> wow. But on, I, mean, I can't even imagine the fucking kinds of sociopaths that were spending $1,000 for a, a, a very brief whiff of flatulence from this young lady. Apparently she was in a uh, reality show. I, I don't know which one it was. What was it? Oh, 90 Day Fiance. Yeah, another gem of a program. Um, but yeah. And apparently she's now moved on to NFTs, which seems like a natural move, right? That's a trans transition that makes sense. From, from farts to NFTs. I don't see the difference. All right, so I'm just going to kind of run down my uh, very shitty list uh, of stuff, okay? There is a Chick-fil-A opening in Boston. It may have already opened. It's in Copley Square. So a big apology to the Bo Loco guy. Um who did not appreciate the fact that I, I said a few years ago that I would help the Boloco guy pack a van to move the fuck out of there to put the Chick-fil-A in the Boloco spot. I hope you're doing okay, Boloco guy. 
Uh, I can't wait to eat the Chick-fil-A in Copley Square. In fact, I may do it tomorrow. I don't know. We'll see. Or if you're as you're listening to this on a Thursday, hopefully I've done it tonight. Then they can do one of those stupid Uber Eats to tonight I'm going to eat. <laughs> Six Chick-fil-A sandwiches. I don't know why I did that in a British accent or some sort of British accent. But uh, the reaction to the Chick-fil-A opening, predictably, uh, has been uh, a lot of anger from you know one particular side of the aisle, um, <clears throat> which is you know expected. Um, Chick-fil-A, to their credit, have cleaned up their act a little bit when it comes to their uh, vehemently anti-gay marriage stance. And the person who was uh, credited with spreading that bullshit was the CEO, who has since stepped down, and they have appointed the CEO's son. So maybe the guy has uh, the same feelings as his dad. I don't really know. Um, They've stopped sort of donating to the uh, anti-gay marriage, um, uh, what do you call them? Super PACs, if you will. Uh, I, I don't think it really changes too much. You know, my guess is that the family still doesn't like gays, but they're just quiet about it. So I don't know if that changes the way you feel about, uh, oh, Jesus, uh, excuse me, gross. I don't know if that changes the way you feel about their chicken. See, you can't get back into the episode if you fucking burp into the microphone, right? Like, <laughs> oh man, I like their chicken. I'm sorry, like, and I, I, I try not to eat it too much because if I did, I would literally eat a shit ton of Chick Fil A. So, I had mentioned a handful of weeks ago that I wanted to, or that I was planning to start a new podcast, a second podcast. And then last week I revealed that my idea um, was the same as one of the most popular podcasts on the planet. So not entirely original. And so I've abandoned that particular idea. On Sunday, um, my brother's stepson basically, you know, I guess I can call him my nephew. I've known him for a very long time, uh, even though, you know, we're not blood related. And he drives me crazy. Yeah, I shouldn't say he drives me crazy. He's just a very odd young man, but he's terrific. Uh, he said he, he, you know, he hadn't listened uh, to my show in a while. And while I don't blame him, I said, okay, uh, why? And he said, well, you know, I'm, I'm listening to other podcasts. Okay, well, like what? And I, w- I was sort of waiting you know, for this for the standard um, replies, you know, like uh, "Pardon my take" or Bill Simmons, uh, Joe Rogan, whatever. I don't know. I don't know what he was listening to, but he said one of the things. He's like, I don't know, like true crime. I'm like, true crime. You're fucking 21 years old. What are you doing listening to true crime podcasts? That's for old people. Then so I'm like, all right. How many? like true crime parody podcasts have there been? There's been a few, not a ton. And I think that's what, I think that's the route that I would like to go down. So uh, if you have any interest in being on a, uh, a fake true crime podcast, let me know. I'd like to try to put something together. I think it'd be fun. Almost like an old school radio show, you know, 
like the shadow. Are you familiar with the shadow? The shadow knows. Yeah, you know, it's from the, the 30s, I think. My ninth grade English teacher, Miss Dumas, used to make us listen to these uh, old radio shows, which I found fascinating and very entertaining. And here it is. You know, what did I say? Ninth grade? Fuck, that was almost 30 years ago, man. <laughs> that was almost 30 fucking years ago. Yikes. In fact, it probably was technically 30 years ago. Oh, wow. That is wild. I am old as fuck. But anyways, yeah, Miss Dumas. Miss Dumas, if you listen to the show, what up? She was, uh, she was probably the first... I don't know. I'm going to pull that back. <laughs> I'm going to reel that in. Let's go reel it in. All right. Anyways, uh, that's the idea. So if you have any interest, let me know. I'd love to have you on. That's not an interview. You're going to play a character on, on, the, on the show. Uh, I had a fascinating conversation today with a gentleman named Peter from London who called me because I had showed interest in a... Uh, a company that sells, that procures uh, whiskey as an investment. And we we spoke for about, I'd say, half hour, 40 minutes over lunch, really. We called, like, right at lunchtime. And it was fucking fascinating. It's a legit company. It's a legit thing. Uh, he was, you know, throwing his bona fides around, which I found pretty funny. I just spoke to a gentleman in New York who happens to work for Bank of America. Like, okay, bud, sure thing. Oh, and he just purchased eight pallets. All right, good for him. And these pallets are running at about 20K a whack. Um, and boy, did this guy get me jazzed. It sounds fascinating. I've done, I did... Uh, a little bit of research uh, this afternoon when I was sitting around waiting for uh, for some time to pass, and uh, very interesting, and apparently quite lucrative. The returns on whiskey are uh, fascinating, and even if you're not buying into, you know, like a cask situation, like this company sells, even if you're just buying individual bottles and holding them. Um, it's a, it's good. It's, it's a very interesting investment. So, uh, if you have any interest in, uh, whiskey investment, uh, let me know. <laughs> like to find a bunch of people that want to put in a smaller amount of money into this, mainly because I only have a small amount of money. In fact, I have less than a small amount of money, but you know, there are ways, there are ways, but it was very interesting. And Dead serious. If you're interested, I could pass along, at the very least, uh, the information because, you know, it was it was crazy, crazy interesting. Uh, what else is on? Okay, Antonio Brown. This has been beaten into the ground already, and it's only been what four days, five days. I wish I could come up with a um, original thought when it comes to the young man, but I don't, I don't think I'm capable of, and I'll say why, because I don't think really anybody is. There's only one person that really understands what's going on in Antonio Brown's head, and it's Tom Brady. No, that's not true. It's Antonio Brown. And so 
I don't think we're going to get any real clarity as to what happened, right? Um, it's all going to be hearsay, and, and you're going to have a bunch of people say, oh, he's an asshole, this, that, and the other. And look, he very well may be. I don't fucking know, but it's not like he killed somebody. He took his uniform off in the middle of a football game and left. Like, let's all settle down. Yeah, sure, okay, that was kind of shitty to do. Uh, I'm sure there was a reason that he did it. I'd love to know what it is. I'd love to know. But, you know, it'll it'll be... it'll It's on his terms to talk about what the fuck is wrong with him. Right? Eventually he'll say, well, you know, such and such and so and so and this and that happened. You know, and, and the story that you hear is that he thought his ankle wasn't healthy enough to go back on the field. But if you watch the game, like he's out there and he's running roots, he's making cuts. And, uh, you know, he looked fine. The funny part is, is he's running around in the end zone with no shirt on. And it makes me wonder, like, how do the refs miss that and not throw a flag? 12 men. That's a fucking penalty. Like, what? what's going on? The Bucks should have been penalized for that. Couldn't have come at a worse time because their receiving core is a bit banged up. And then the, the funniest part, though, is Tom Brady's press conference afterward. Like, oh, you know, we love him and friendships in this game or this, that, and the other things. Like, all right, Tom, sure thing. Get ready to post a bunch of Instagram stories and, you know, a bunch of dumb crap and talk about exercising at TB12 and getting stretched out and your groins massaged and groins. Um, and get ready for the launch of your incredibly dull and boring <laughs> clothing line. I got on this mailing list for Brady. That's the name of his clothing line. And uh, they sent uh, something. It might have been yesterday or today. I can't remember. With a, with a, a handful of images of <laughs> some of the crap that he's going to be selling. It's just as boring as he is. Like, did somebody say to him, we got to take advantage of how boring you are, sir? Let's make boring clothes. <laughs> Check it out, Brady. That's literally the name of the clothing line, Brady. He's already signed. He has, uh, I think it's Dion Sanders' son as a um, a spokesperson. And his son is, is plays for his father at Jackson State. So the younger Sanders has taken advantage of the uh, licensing deals that are uh, abundant in college sports. I'm still waiting to sponsor a college athlete. So if you're one or no one, reach out. Let's talk. You'll get very little, but you'll get something. So yeah, Tom Brady, boring. Clothes, his clothes, boring. Uh, what else? <clears throat> Should every radio announcer be named Gene? Not sure why I wrote that down. I just find the name Gene funny. Hmm. Um, yeah, what, what else? Wait, what, uh, Jake Paul versus Dana White. Meh. Don't really care. Mac Jones got a flashlight for Christmas, and he was very excited. He's a weird kid, but he's completely different than, than Tom Brady. So, you know. Uh, McGruber, Tim, listen, I tried. <laughs> 
I, I really did. I tried. I got about halfway through the movie uh, and had to turn it off. I can see how people would enjoy it and think it was funny. It had some funny parts. Um, it may, you know what? I'm, I, I will go back and finish the movie. Uh, but I owe Tim like three bucks because I, I mean, that's a, I got to give him back his money. So Tim, check your Venmo. There's three bucks coming. Um, I think I've, I've gone on too long with this segment. I mean, look, I warned you guys ahead of time that this was not going to be a good episode. And it hasn't been so far. Am I right? Well, good news. There's going to be some other people talking here in a second. Yeah, so let's let's get into some voicemails, shall we? Hey, Bankley. Happy New Year, my friend. Uh, I had a message to say to your followers, and I already forgot because I'm talking to my brother-in-law, and I'm hammered, and I forgot. Uh, it was a really good point, actually, which is pretty fucking sad. And I don't know. You can go suck it. That's it. Bye. Dave, Happy New Year once again. Thanks, Lee. I never remember my point. So if you look on the Twitter sphere, our fr- a mutual friend, Andrew, is complaining that college sports is terrible based on the two playoff games today. I would like to hear your thoughts because I could not disagree more with this presumptuous motherfucker's opinion, and I think it's fucking terrible, based on two games out of God knows how much, and statistically you're thinking, like, what? 1% of the games are blowouts. I'm not looking at the math. I'm not a viral person. You know that. I just make shit up. But I think I'm right in my observation. So, thank it. Thank you, as always, Scott Banksley, for the drunken voicemail. It's appreciated. Um, Where to begin here? So... I don't, uh, I don't entirely disagree with our uh, mutual friend, Andrew. I am not the biggest fan of college sports. And in theory, right, that was supposed to be the four best teams in the country. And it was two absolute fucking blowouts. Um... You know, I I was hoping Cincinnati could hang. They didn't. They got crushed. I was hoping Michigan could hang. They didn't. They got crushed. So those two games, really, if it breaks down to where you hope that you get one amazing game per season, there's something wrong. And I don't see the general and overall landscape of the college football, uh, you know, landscape improving as time goes on, because you're going to start to see a lot of kids figure out ways to get out of going to college to play football. And quite frankly, I don't blame them because it seems like a massive pain in the balls. You got to go to school uh, when, especially if you're in like a, let's say you're a top, I don't know, 200 recruit, right? And you have to go to school. You got to go to class. You got to get fucking, you got to take tests. When in reality, you're only there to play football. That's, that's what you're there for. So, um, I would really like to see like the USFL that's coming. I, you know, it'd be great if they would take kids that are say 19, 20, um, and, and let them like skip 
fucking college. Maybe they practice and then play when they're 19 or 20. Same with the XFL next year. Um, there has to be some sort of development league that isn't the NCAA. Because as we all know, the NCAA is dog shit, which is another reason why I don't like college sports. But that's another story for another time. So Andrew's not entirely wrong. He's also not entirely right. You know, the college sports as a whole, you know, college, yeah, let's, let's just stick to football, okay? There are a ton of blowouts. And Scott, I mean, I don't know if you're if you're gambling on college f- football, but y- you would know. Look at the fucking lines on a Saturday, and you see how many how many games are over thirty point lines. It's because they're bullshit matchups. Uh, a lot of times, those fucking thirty point favorites cover, and when they don't, it's a you know it's a national fucking story for for a month. Uh, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not like you're barking up the wrong tree. College football blows (laughs) just right up until the draft. Yeah. Hi Dave. (laughs) It's Sarah. Hope you have a fucking great new year. I don't really have anything to complain about other than. The cost of alcohol it should be free, in my opinion. <laughs> All right, goodbye. Oh, that was so good. Uh, Sarah, thank you so much. Sarah, friend of the show, Sarah. Uh, been on the show to talk about uh, Doors of Salem, her Instagram page, which is endless, endlessly entertaining and artful and uh, and nice. It's nice, and I like it. Uh, but I like Sarah even more than her page. Uh, Sarah is a fun drunk. She's those kind of people that when you get drunk, uh, she's like fun to be around. She's dynamite. And um, I miss her terribly. But she's not wrong. Uh, alcohol should be free. But the best part of that was like the little was the the laugh at the end. <laughs> like that was fucking priceless. Uh, there was a reason that I put the number out multiple times on New Year's Eve because I was hoping, hoping against hope for a gem like that. And and she came through. No surprise that she came through. Um, hopefully, Sarah and, and I uh, and her, I, 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 you know, I say this uh, assuming um, that they're still together. I assume, I'm not sure, but she, her boyfriend's name is Arthur, which is also hilarious. Like... <laughs> Anybody named Arthur, it's just, uh, anyways, yeah, so hopefully we all get to go to the Kowloon very soon. Uh, my wife is a big fan of Sarah as well, so hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll see. Uh, but thank you. I mean, I don't really know how to fix the complaint. I mean, the price of alcohol should be free. Make your own. There you go. Um, distill your own spirits. Make some... Uh, Vodka out of potatoes or uh, some bathtub gin, perhaps. You know, maybe that's a maybe that's an option to lower the price of the alcohol. You make your own. I tried making beer once; it came out not good. <laughs> surprise, surprise, not good. But, uh, anyways. That was wonderful. I loved that. Hey, Dave. Long-time listener. 
hopefully recurring guest and first-time caller, Donnie Washburn, calling in. I had a complaint that I wanted to run by you. I think you might be familiar with. Knowing you are a season ticket holder and been to plenty Patriot games, I wanted to know your thoughts on people trying to pull off a halftime meetup, you know, people who you're not at the game with. Um, I sometimes struggle to tell people to fuck off because uh, the halftime for me is precious time to refill my my beverage, my beverage, uh, go to the bathroom. You know, halftime is much shorter than people think it is. So I wanted to get your take on that, see if that situation's ever come your way. Um, hey, have an awesome day. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this podcast, Dave. It really makes my day. Have a good one. Bravo, Donnie. Thank you so much for the call, Donnie Washburn. As I mentioned, Donnie, a friend of the show, been on the show. Uh, one third, I think. Yeah, I think they're a, uh, a trio. Uh, the Quiet Violent, house band for the show. Uh, Donnie is a great guy. Uh, saw Donnie um, on Sunday at the Patriots-Jags game. It was great to see him. He actually came by the tailgate and said, uh, what's up? Uh, it was great, great to see him. The gist of his call. 1,000% accurate. The worst part about it is, especially, and it's, I don't want to say, well, you know what? Nah, it's not embarrassing. That's not the right word for it. But, like, if you're up in the fucking 300s, like we are, uh, and then, you know, the person that you're communicating with is down in section, like, 102 or something, uh, the complete opposite end of the building and you you know you're thinking oh you, you, hey maybe we can meet up at halftime and say hello, uh, but as Donnie rightfully pointed out or correctly pointed out rightfully no stupid, correctly pointed out halftime is woefully short, and I've I've come up with a um, you know a good strategy for handling the halftime business uh, depending on who has the ball uh, at half. So for example. If the Patriots have the ball and they score before the half is over, um, I immediately go to the bathroom at that point because there's nothing worse than the halftime bathroom line. It's eight miles long and takes forever to get it because no one is actually in line. It's it's a fucking it's a cattle drive is what it is. So you sit in this. This has happened a couple times this year where you're like, oh, uh, you know, I'm texting back and forth with somebody. Hey, you know, we, we should meet up. Okay, where are you sitting? Um, I'm over here in, in 107 or or in two something. It's worse than if they're in the twos. If they're in the twos, forget it. Like you can't meet them. If you're one of the fucking wine and cheese people and I'm one of the plebeians, we can't meet up. That's not how it works. So that's tough, obviously. And then of course when they're on the other side of the building, it's even tougher. Next season. They're going to finally connect the 300 section so that it goes all the way around the building. So maybe halftime meetups might be a touch easier at that point, but I still don't think so. Um, you know, you have to sort of plan it in advance. Like if you know you're going to meet somebody at halftime, you have to move away from your seat if you are whoever's making the move. So let's let's just call it, you know, 300 to 300, 100 to 100, 200 to 200, whatever. Uh, you need to 
you need to make your move with five minutes to go in the second quarter. So depending on how committed you are to that meetup, that that sort of depends on how long you're gonna sort of uh, give yourself that buffer. If you're if you're hoping to sit in the seat and wait until the the whistle blows to start halftime, you're fucked. It's not gonna happen. And as Donnie said, you know, if you there's a there's halftime is there for for a reason. It's a rest for everyone, not just the players. It's it's a time to relieve yourself. It's a time to uh, refill your beverage. And at Gillette, once 10 minutes left in the third quarter rolls around, that's it. You're cut off. Dunzo. Done deal. No more beer. So that, that's the thing. Uh, the halftime meetups are just, unless you are, you know, in, in a relatively close area, because then you can combine the whole thing, Right? Hey, I'm gonna grab a beer and go to the bathroom at halftime. You want to come with me? <laughs> like if they're four or five sections over, then it it can be done. Otherwise, forget it. You're out of your fucking mind. Also, um, one thing that I I need to mention in regards to Donnie's visit to the tailgate, uh, his his friend or his roommate, I I don't recall, and you'll have to forgive me, Donnie. Uh, I can't remember uh, how the introduction was. Uh, was met, but Donnie's buddy Steve, a super nice kid, okay? But I could not help but notice that the jersey he was wearing was a small. And honestly, I was puzzled. I don't think I've ever met an adult who, who was wearing a small anything. Maybe it's just maybe I just hang around with nothing but fatties. But he was wearing a small jersey. And I was blown away. I didn't want to say anything. What am I saying? You know, I don't know you. I can't rip on you for wearing a small. Like at least put, at least wear a medium. Because then it's not, you know, I, I don't know. And it's not even a bad thing. I haven't worn a small since I was small anything since I was fucking eight. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just pure jealousy. I was just so jealous of the fact that he could wear a small jersey. Like when I have to order a jersey, forget it. Like I could fucking could put it on on a goddamn ship and sail around the world. Fucking thing so big. Ho ho ho! Terrible joke. Yeah, a, a men's small. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and it doesn't even bother me. It's just something that needs to be pointed out. Hence the name of the program. I observed the fact that that Steve was wearing a men's small, pretty sure it was a Tom Brady jersey. A red Tom Brady jersey. And again, delightful young man. I, I enjoyed him. <laughs> but he was wearing a small. All right, it is time for everyone's favorite part of the show because that means that the show is almost over. It is time for three gripes. Gripe number one, Aaron Rodgers. I'm not sure that Aaron Rodgers is as smart as Aaron Rodgers thinks he is. Now, I say this 
as someone who thinks that he's smarter than he really is, when at the same time knowing full well that I'm a dumbass. But I, you know, readily admit these things, and I don't think Aaron Rodgers has ever done that. And I don't think he's stupid. I don't think he's dumb. But, you know, it's it's very funny to me when he tries to be smart or when he tries to come off as smart. Um, because, boy, does he fucking stir up a word salad, alphabet soup, whatever, just spinning around in circles in in, in, in sort of not being able to get to the point of what he's actually trying to say. But he wants to add as many words and as, as many thoughts and feelings around what he's trying to say. And again, I know this full well because I do the same exact fucking thing. But I don't have millions upon millions of people uh, hanging on my every word, which I don't really think that's the case with him. However, um, and, and the thing is, I don't generally... It's not so much a gripe about him personally, because I don't really dislike him. I don't, again, I don't know the man intimately, intimately, wrong word. I don't know the man, uh, you know, an, enough to really pass judgment other than his public persona. And my guess is I would probably find his private persona even more annoying than his public persona, just based on the handful of things that I have read uh, about him. But boy, oh boy, every single week, it seems as if he's saying something um, just just to say something. And he's on Pat McAfee's show every Tuesday, and I thoroughly enjoy Pat McAfee's show. I like it. Uh, I find it very funny and entertaining. And when Aaron Rodgers comes on, I generally tune out and then just wait for the, the clips because I know that I'm going to get annoyed by shit that he has to say and you know the other day he's he's you know weaving a tail and uh i don't even know if it, he does like a, a book of the week and from what i understand he he basically and i i again because i didn't listen entirely i could be wrong but from what i read i think he um suggested for his book of the week atlas shrugged by fucking ann rand so i mean that's something that i read when i was 14 or 15 Thought it was interesting, and then by the time I was out of high school, I was like, wow, that's fucking ridiculous. Um, but basically, he's talking and talking and talking and talking, and it was as if he had just finished reading uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. It was basically all of his talking points encapsulated uh, into a, a, a five-minute blurb. But he didn't say it nearly as eloquently as he could have if he just read from the book. That's the impression that I got. On the flip side, he did something uh, today uh, where he responded to somebody who, who has a vote for the most valuable player in the, in the NFL who said that he made his decision over the summer that he wasn't going to vote for Aaron Rodgers for MVP no matter what, basically because he chose not to get vaccinated. Now, if that's if that's true, and if that's the case, that guy should never vote for fucking anything ever again. Not just the MVP, but for fucking local school committee. It's like, dude, you, you can't fucking do that. And if you're stupid enough to come out and say it, 
more reason for you not to be able to do that anymore. It's like, shut the fuck up. You vote for the guy for what he does on the field, not for what he does off it. Two different things. Just like the same bullshit with the fucking Baseball Hall of Fame. Put the steroid guys in. Call it a day. Put a giant fucking asterisk. 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 I hate that fucking word. Uh, Weird star. (laughs) On everybody's plaque so that you know what he did. Or, you know. I mean, you can only really do that to, like, a couple of guys, right? Three guys, four guys, whatever. Um, I've lost my train of thought. Anyway, the very best part about what Aaron Rodgers said about this dude today is this. I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. Oh, man. Listen, if if... If Aaron Rodgers does anything this year, I really hope that he has inspired uh, the word bum to make a comeback because nothing makes me laugh harder. I shouldn't say nothing, but few things make me laugh harder than when someone is called a bum or being able to call someone a bum. Oh, my God, I love it so much. And it stems from uh, being a kid, and it was uh, Rocky... Two. Yeah, Rocky 2. Mickey was yelling at Rocky. Called him a bum. And then Rocky's like, I'm a bum? The way that he said the word bum, just fucking, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know what happened or what the deal is. But for whatever reason, ever since then, when little Dave first heard the word bum in that context, he found it hilarious. And here we are. I'm going to be 44 years old and still the word calling, hearing someone called a bum makes me fucking laugh so hard. I listened to the, I, I, I listened to that clip and watched that press conference at least a dozen times today and laughed every single time he called him a bum. And I loved it. And I was trying like hell to, to find a clip of George Costanza in the uh, the raincoats episode, like <laughs> I think it was George, or no, it, I think it was Kramer that mentioned uh, Morty Seinfeld, and and fucking Frank. Did I say George Costanza? Fuck, I meant Frank. Jesus Christ, David. Frank Costanza says Morty Seinfeld. He's a bum. I must be the only one who finds this hilarious. But anyway. So thank you, Aaron Rodgers, for hopefully bringing back the word bum. And uh, thank thank you for being um, only slightly interesting, but thinking you're incredibly interesting. So weird. Uh, gripe number two, <clears throat> people who don't feel it necessary to say, excuse me. If you're walking anywhere and you walk in front of someone, it is polite to say, excuse me. I do it every single time at the grocery store. Walking down an aisle, somebody is is looking, and you walk in front of them, you have to say, excuse me. It's just polite. That's what you do. If you're trying to get past someone, you have to say, excuse me. What you don't say is, uh, can I get by you? Like, what? Can I get by you? How old are you, you fucking douchebag? 
we're at Gillette on Sunday, and this fucking guy tries to go behind us. We're 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 standing up because we've given up <laughs> taking the Sherpa up to our seats. So now we're just standing in the uh, along the railing in the three hundreds, and for some reason, people love to like walk behind you when you're standing by the steps instead of going around. Like, uh, you know, with the flow of traffic, this was rambling. I'm terribly sorry. But anyways, just, you don't say, can I get by you? You say, excuse me. And if you want to say, excuse me, can I get by you? Perfectly acceptable. But the two words, excuse me, have to be in there if you're trying to get by. It honestly takes less effort to say, excuse me, than it does to say, hey, can I get by you? Seriously, it's actually fewer words, less effort. Don't be a dick. Gripe number three. Are the Counting Crows the official soundtrack of every retail store in America? What did they do to get played literally everywhere? Here's a challenge for you. Here's a Complaints and Observations podcast challenge. The first one ever. I challenge you to spend, let's say, 20 minutes in a national retailer. We're talking like a Target, uh, a Walmart. I don't know about Walmart because I don't go to Walmart. Target, Bed Bath & Beyond, other national retailers. I don't know. Sometime in the coming weeks, and I can assure you that you'll hear one of their songs. Most likely it'll be uh, Hanging Around or the one with Vanessa Carlton. Remember her? I, I I was like, wow, what happened to her? So I had to look up Vanessa Carlton. She is like, she's just a mom now. It's funny. But yeah, I mean, this has happened to me, I would say at the very least, three or four times in the last few months. You're, you're in a store and the fucking Counting Crows come on. I have nothing against the Counting Crows. I just, I need to know what they did to get onto these Muzak playlists all, literally everywhere. Their record company had sold them up or up the river to be like, all right, uh, we need a list of bands that we can put on the, the Target fucking playlist. What's it going to be? Well, we have the entire catalog of The Counting Crows. Well, that's just catchy and non-offensive. Let's use that. Honestly, it's unfucking believable. And it's making me hate the Counting Crows, even though, like I said, I don't really have anything against them. It's just that now I'm associating <clears throat> hanging around with being at fucking Bed Bath and Beyond. Not that it not that it changes the way that I felt about hanging around. It was just a meh song to begin with. And the one with Vanessa Carlton's even more of a meh song. Something about parking lots. Weird. Mercifully, that's the end of the program, folks. I told you this wasn't going to be a good one, and boy, was I spot on. I'm not, uh, I'm feeling very tired, very sluggish. Um, and man, oh man, yeah. Um, listen, come to the, um, uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, if you live, if, if you've stuck around this long, God bless you. 
God bless you, because this has been just fucking atrocious. And it's so weird, because I started at the beginning, oh, my last two episodes have been great. I'm very proud of them, happy with how they turned out. And then this? This is crap. This is flat-out crap. Uh, go to the website, complaintsandobservations.com. I have a blog up there. I haven't blogged in a few weeks, even though I keep saying I'm going to going to blog, but I promise you, I will blog this week, and I assure you that it will probably be just as bad as this episode, mainly because I can't talk right now. I am blah, 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 blah. Nothing is happening. I am on Twitter, at ComplaintsPod. I'm at Instagram, at ComplaintsPod. I have a Facebook page, but seriously, fuck Facebook. I have a YouTube page that I don't do anything with. I now have a Twitch channel that I'm not doing anything with. I have a TikTok page I'm not doing anything with. I have covered all the bases, except I'm not doing anything with any of them. With the exception of maybe Twitter. Uh, I have a job. You know? And even though I, there's plenty of time to do all this crap, I, I, I don't do it. Yeah, I don't know why. Hmm. Uh, 617. 657-4736. You should call into the show, leave a voicemail, complain about how awful this program was. Uh, you could be like like Scott and Sarah and Donnie. Um, previous favorite uh, voicemail lever, Andrew. I don't even know if he listens to the program, but um, you know we haven't heard from him in a few weeks. I'd love to. If you sit around smoking dope, I don't even know if Andrew does that, so my apologies. But... Um, if you sit around, smoke weed, get high, listen to my show, please call the show. Call in. Leave a voicemail while you're high as balls. I want to I experience that with you. I want to experience my program vicariously through you and your haze. I got nothing. God. Just don't do it with this episode because this episode sucks. It literally sucks assholes. Um, but honestly, again, if you've listened this long, thank you. You're a saint. God bless you. Um, and as always, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Ta-ta. Oh, fuck. See, when I fucked that up. It's supposed to be Godspeed and then ta-ta.